What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Legendary Life Podcast. I'm your host, Ted Rice, and this is the show that's all about taking your health, your body, and your life to the next level. Today's episode is titled, Seven Powerful Ways to End Procrastination Today. And this was, this was inspired by a question that I received, and I want to share with you the question. Before I get to that, though, a really quick word about natural stacks. You probably noticed that I was plugging it every episode, and now I haven't talked about it at all. Just to let you know, the thing with natural stacks is the deal wasn't as good as I thought it was, and I really care about giving you the best deal they we did that one time thing where we did the 30% off and i thought hey well we should continue doing that with an ongoing uh ongoing discount for the listeners of the legendary live podcast they agreed to it but one thing they didn't make very clear is that it was only for first time users so there's no point in doing a an ongoing 15% discount if I can get them back on and doing uh, to do a 30. So it was a bit of a miscommunication and misunderstanding. So if we do a, if we uh, uh, represent natural stacks again, if we promote them on the podcast again, I'm going to make sure that you get the best deal and I, I will not let them come back on unless they're going to give everybody a 30% discount. So I'm in your corner. I'm fighting for you. Of course, if you're already using the supplements, everything that I said about them, I think they're great supplements, specifically the ones that I mentioned. I haven't tried all of them, and some of them I didn't like so much. I thought the serotonin was kind of weird, and uh, you you heard my thing with the smart caffeine. Uh, that I just, I'm not a big fan of stimulants at all, and uh, so that's all I have to say about that. If you have any more questions, you can always ask me, but I wanted to just throw that out there so you knew what the situation was. So let's get into today's episode about how to end procrastination. And there's going to be a lot of procrastination happening this time of the year. Oh, I'm going to get in shape when January rolls around, but oh, the holidays are so stressful. It's so hard to work out. It's so hard to eat right. It's so hard to get my sleep. It's so hard to do this. It's so hard to do that. Listen, You've got to not let those excuses stop you from doing a one-minute workout or a five-minute workout. And the reason I'm talking about procrastination is because I had someone reach out to me and say this to me. He said, what is your advice on procrastination? When I work out, my mind tells me that it is bored. You don't feel good. Do this later. Do something else more important now. And all the self-help talk won't help me. This habit also affects other areas of my life. I start a lot of things, complete about 70 to 80% of the work, then I quit. I realize that I have a problem moving from beginner level to intermediate level or to make things as my habit or to make things into a habit because I always look for the next things to worry about or, uh, no, I'm sorry, <laughs> look for the next things or worry about what people think of me. Psychologically, I do things to impress people, even with people not in my life and had a hard time of letting go and accepting myself. Sorry for stumbling over the uh, words there, but it's written a little bit strange. Sometimes that happens with quick messages. So 
can you relate to that? Can you do you do you do any of that too? Do you start things and then do 70 to 80% of the work and then quit? Hell, that's actually not too bad, right? There'll be a, a, a ton of people starting to work out at the beginning of the year and they're going to do more like 20 or 30% of the work, it, meaning they're only going to work out for a couple months and then quit for the rest of the year. They'll restart the whole uh, silly cycle of, <laughs> of madness again. And it's, it's very common, this procrastination thing. And I'm, I, first of all, and this comes from H and H, I want to tell you, awesome job on being self-aware awesome job on being honest with yourself and honest with me. I mean, how many people out there will say psychologically, I do things to impress people, even when people are not in my life and I have a hard time of letting go and accepting myself. Not a lot of people will say that where we all, or we all have said, or still do say, Oh yeah, I got things handled when we know we're just full of it, you know, and I've been there. I've got, I've got my act handled pretty well today, but I've been there. I've been there. And I want to tell you the time that I was there. So as you know, I've been in a health and fitness professional in Miami Beach for 17 years. I keep saying that over and over. Um, and there was a time where when I first got into the business, I was in love with it. I was literally like in love. I went to work training my clients. I'd show up in the gym six in the morning, or I think it was actually 6.30. Thankfully, <laughs> six is really early uh, when you're in your 20s, especially and living in Miami Beach. But I would get to the gym and the music would be pumping. I was psyched. I was tired. I didn't. I, I wasn't happy to wake up so early and I had to rush over to the gym. But once I got there, I was so excited. But then after a few years of, of doing it and, and hitting this ceiling where I didn't know how to get beyond this, this roadblock that I hit, this obstacle that I hit with my personal training business, I started getting really depressed. In fact, I started partying again. I would smoke weed every day. I would drink. I, would, I, I just started you know, uh, going back to my old bad habits. And you know, it, was, it, was, it wasn't good wasn't good. And I got to the point where I knew I needed to do something. And I was really good with learning about going to seminars about how to train people better with nutrition, biomechanics, exercise, physiology, programming methods, all those things. I have no problems like going and learning them. I enjoy it. But when it came to the marketing, the business, the accounting, oh my gosh, I hated that stuff. But I also knew for me to take it to the next level, I needed to become a better professional. I needed to get my act together. I, it wasn't enough for me to, to be this super knowledgeable guy. In fact, I'll tell you, one of my clients called me the mad scientist. Like the, a group of my clients who are all friends with each other called me the mad scientist. And why they called me that, because at the time I was like, yeah, I'm a mad scientist. Yeah, because I would do all these experiments. Everything's an experiment with me, you know, and I would learn these techniques and I would apply them right away. But the mad part was because I was such a disorganized, unprofessional mess and just <laughs> didn't have my act together. And it, it dawned on me that I knew 
it, it dawned on me that I had to work on the business part. And if I didn't do that, I would never get beyond this place that I was, where I was, I had clients, I was making money, but it was up and down and it was just hard to get to the next level to have the type of life that I wanted so I could go around to seminars and, and learn more and become this awesome trainer, then start giving my own seminars. That's really what I wanted to do. And I couldn't bring myself to do the things that I needed to do, to study marketing, to study business, to become a better professional. And every time I would think about doing it, I would say, you know what, I'll do that later. I would procrastinate and I would go study some more fitness or health or nutrition or whatever it was. And it got to the point where I was so angry at myself because I knew I needed to get this handled. I remember distinctly and I've talked about this book a lot, but if you haven't listened to or read, because I haven't read the book, but I've listened to it many times, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Make sure you get that book if you suffer from procrastination. And I'm, I'm going to give you seven powerful ways to deal with it right now, but I also want to encourage you to get that book. And I recommend getting the audio book because... There's nothing like hearing Stephen Pressfield tell his story and share his lessons. It is just incredible. And I'll read you a little bit of uh, the book. He says, turning pro is free, but it's not easy. When we turn pro, we give up a life that we may have become extremely comfortable with. We give up a self that we have come to identify with and to call our own. Turning pro is free, but it demands sacrifice. The passage from amateur to professional is often achieved via an interior odyssey whose trials are survived only at great cost, emotionally, psychologically, and spiritually. We pass through a membrane when we turn pro. It's messy and it's scary. We tread in blood when we turn pro. What we get when we turn pro, what we get when we turn pro is we find our power. We find our will and our voice and we find our self-respect. We become who we always were, but had until then been afraid to embrace and live out. And that's how I want to start this conversation with that quote or those quotes from Stephen Pressfield, because that is really what procrastination is about. Let me ask you something. Do you procrastinate when it comes to eating junk food? Do you procrastinate when it comes to watching another episode of Stranger Things on Netflix or Vikings or uh, Game of Thrones? Do you procrastinate when it comes to that? Oh, it's hard to put those things off. It's hard. Do you procrastinate when it comes to pushing off work? No, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's easy to do that. And the reason why it's easy is because putting, sitting down and doing our work, and, and you heard Stephen Pressfield talk about becoming a professional, and that's what he talks about in The War of Art. It's about turning pro. No, not a professional like a doctor, an attorney, an accountant, 
being a professional when it comes to taking care of your responsibilities, when it comes to taking care of your finances, when it comes to taking care of your health, when it comes to making moves so you step up your career or expand your business. That is what being professional is about. And that's what being an adult is about too, especially when it comes to fitness. So uh, fitness is something that has grave consequences when you don't do it. And there are ripple effects when you don't do it. For example, if you're single and you don't take care of yourself, well, that says something about you. Okay, it does. Now, and it doesn't say anything good, unfortunately. I mean, that's just reality. If you're, if you're a parent and you don't take care of yourself, well, that says something about you too. And I, I get it. I know having kids are hard and I don't have kids and I can't relate to that. Although I will say also, I don't have kids for a reason because I already have a baby. It's called Legendary Life. And I know if I had kids right now, it would make it even harder to grow this business. And I have committed to, do, uh, to, to growing this business. This is the most important thing in my life. And uh, that, that's a bit of a tangent there. But what I want to tell you is, you have to take care of yourself and we'll get into how to beat procrastination right now. So the first thing that you can do is you can write down your goals and give yourself a deadline. And we've talked a lot about writing down goals. If you're new to this podcast, you, you, you want to check out some of the earlier goal setting podcasts that I've done, but I'll, I'll give you, uh, w- when you set a goal with a deadline, you have to you have to be careful, right? Because I've talked about, you don't, you don't say, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to deadlift 500 pounds by the end of 2016. Yeah. That's a big goal. Yeah. Big, scary goal. Well, how much do you deadlift right now? Okay. A hundred pounds. That's not happening for yourself. Okay. Oh, I want to lose 40 pounds by, by, uh, by December, right? that's not happening. You got to be careful. And when, when it comes to writing goals down, when it comes to setting goals, you want process goals, not outcome goals. I can't tell you that I'm going to make a a million dollars or deadlift 500 pounds or uh, have six pack abs or have a freestanding handstand by the end of 2016. But you know what I can tell you? I can tell you how many times I'm going to work out, right? I work out four times a week. Upper body, lower body, rest, upper body, lower body, rest, rest. And I can tell you right now, I'm going to be doing those workouts every single week, barring uh, an injury or illness. That's what I'm going to be doing, regardless of what holiday or what uh, family responsibilities or anything else like that. I'm going to make sure I do something. Now, maybe it won't be my whole big workout that I do, uh, but I will do something. Okay. And so that when it comes to writing down your goals, make sure it's a process goal. Make sure you really have control over it and give yourself a deadline. So if you're, I'll give you another example. If you're in sales, you can't say, Hey, listen, I'm going to close $50,000 before the end of the year. But what you can say is I'm going to make five cold calls a day. I'm going to send out five emails a day. I'm going to do whatever it is I do to make sales every single day. I'm going to sit, set a a goal and and give myself a a deadline. I'm going to do this many cold calls by the end of the year. So I hope you're getting the gist of that. And what you can say is you're going to, for fitness, 
you can tell yourself how many times you're going to work out per week for the end of the year. You can tell yourself how long you're going to work out every week until the end of the year. And what I suggest to do, and we're going to talk about this in the next uh, powerful, effective way to end procrastination is break your goal into small pieces and focus on the slight edge principle. Okay. And what does that mean? Because that's a bit of a mouthful. So let's say you want to get to the point where you're doing four weight training sessions a week for one hour a day, but you don't have the time and you don't even know if your body can handle that right now. In fact, just the thought of it makes you lose sleep, (laughs) stresses you out. But what you can say is, you know what, I'm going to work out, I'm going to start working out four times a week, but it's going to be five minutes, four times a week. What I'm going to do is I'm going to do as many push-ups as I can do, or let's say let's 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 imagine that you have a little bit of equipment. Let's say you know uh, you're at home. You're going to get as many push-ups and ring rows that you can, or pull-ups if you're strong, pull-ups and dips if you're strong as you can in five minutes. Of course, you use good technique and all those other things. You're going to do that in five minutes. Then the next day. You're going to take five minutes. You're going to do as many V crunches, which is an ab exercise, and as many bodyweight squats as you can, okay? And then you're going to rest. Then you're going to do it again. And then the following week, or you can even make it the next month. It depends on how you want to do this, and and it's going to differ for each individual. But you could say the next week, you're going to do 10 minutes, okay? Or next month, you're going to do 10 minutes, Whatever it is, make it work for yourself. So break your goal into small pieces and focus on the slight edge. And what is the slight edge? Here's what the slight edge is. It's better for you. Like, let me preface what I'm about to say by saying this. All or nothing is a bullshit approach to getting things done. What do I mean by that? Oh, I'm going to work out for an hour or I'm not going to work out for an hour. For, for, I'm not going to work out at all because if you don't work out for an hour, I mean, why work out at all? Because you got to work out for an hour if you're going to go work out, right? I used to think that way. And I think a lot of people still do think that way. And (laughs) it sounds so silly, but I was like, oh, I don't have to work out for an hour or 45 minutes. I could work out for 10 minutes. I could work out for 20 minutes. I could work out for 17 minutes. I could work out for six minutes. Wow. What an epiphany. I'm, I'm a bit dumb sometimes um, in case you haven't noticed from listening to me yet. But uh, it, that was such a big, like, uh, big breakthrough. Okay. So the slight edge principle says, you know what? It's better to start with one minute four times a week. So do as many push-ups as you can one day, as many squats. uh, 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 Let me start by saying that again. Let's say you're going to work out four days a week. Let's say you're going to do upper body, lower body, rest, upper body, lower body, rest, rest, right? Four days a week. Day one, let's say you do upper body, you do as many push-ups as you can in one minute. Next day, you do as many bodyweight squats as you can in one minute. Take the next day off. Then then repeat as many squat, uh, body, oh wow, I'm getting confused. Many push-ups as you can in one minute. Then the next day, you do as many 
Squats is you can one minute. And then you incrementally raise things up from there. Maybe it's two minutes. Maybe it's five minutes the next week. You, It's better to do the principle of the slight edge to get you started, even if it's 30 seconds, because taking action lets you build momentum. So starting with whatever you can start with is how you end procrastination. And that's not particularly relevant to our guy who wrote in because he's already doing 70 to 80% of a one hour workout or a 45 minute workout. Okay. So, um, but, but that's for you. Okay. If you're one of those people who's all or nothing, lose it because that's a bullshit excuse. It's a bullshit excuse. You've got to, you've got to creatively solve your situation and do what you can. That's how you start. But don't give me this all or nothing thing. It really drives me insane these days. Maybe 10 years ago, I would have uh, let you cry on my shoulder, but not these days. Okay. So number three is visualize the future you want. And this is kind of a positive way thinking about things. So Think about how strong your body will be after those four workouts every single week uh, by the end of the year and just in a few months. Think about how you will feel. Think about how your friends are going to compliment you on, hey, your clothes are feeling better. Hey, are you working out? Hey, you, you seem like you got a lot of energy. Think about, um, and I'm going to use fitness as, as the, the goal here. Okay, if you have a different goal, then fine. But visualize the future you want. Visualize, you know, you walking up a pair, uh, 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 flights of stairs without getting winded. Visualize your first pull-up. Visualize uh, your first weighted pull-up with a 100-pound dumbbell hanging from your waist. Visualize your first muscle-up. Visualize your first freestanding handstand. That's what I'm working on right now. So visualize the future that you want. That can help motivate you. Like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this workout? Well, because I want to look this way. I want to feel this way. I want to be able to have my body perform this way. Number four is the opposite. Use fear to motivate you. I don't think I talk about this a lot, but fear motivates me powerfully to stay in shape. Why? My dad got me into exercising. He had these black 20-pound iron dumbbells, and I remember them. It was this big, powerful-looking dumbbells, and they were heavy, right, because I was 10 years old or 7 years old. I don't even remember. And my dad, I used to hang. I used to think he was so strong. He had this bulging bicep and he would make the, the bicep pose. And my sister and I would hang off his bicep and we think he's so tough and cool, even though it was just a 20 pound dumbbell. Right. And I think that was like one of the only exercises he did. But, but that, that was, that was the positive side. My dad also motivated me because he, he gave all that stuff up and started living a very unhealthy lifestyle and he got cancer. He got colon cancer and it was scary. And now he has, and he has other health problems. And I've watched him go through this process. I've watched him deteriorate. And due to a large part, of course, you know, my story, you know, our family story. And if you haven't, you know, uh, I'm not going to go into it right now. I've talked about it enough. Go listen to episode one or even my last episode, my last solo episode on the six fitness secrets. And that scares me because I know we have similar genetics. I got half of his genetics, right? We get half from our moms, half from our dads, uh, mix them around. And that's, that's what you are. And, uh, I know I have 
some some uh, predispositions. I've also been scared by some of my clients and it motivates me to stay in shape. I've talked about a client of mine who died, right? He, No, I didn't kill him with exercise. So get that thought out of your head. He, We didn't even train for very long. And I'll, I'll just share the story briefly because I've told it several times. He, I started training him. I'd show up to his place in the morning. He wasn't listening to me. He was going through the motions with exercise. He really didn't want to be there. He, he was terrible. <laughs> he was terrible to hang out with. And, it, and he always wanted to leave early. So he didn't listen to me, which is like, oh my gosh, oh, I'm going to have to, I'm already thinking about how to get rid of this guy. Right. Be, and, uh, so he, he was like, oh, Ted, oh, I got to work, man. I got so much going on. He was a communications attorney and we ended up we, we stopped training because after we let the sessions go up, neither, neither one of us wanted to renew. He didn't, we didn't have anything against each other, but he was just in a weird, maybe he didn't like me. I don't know, but, uh, it, it just wasn't working out and he made it. So like, it wasn't even, it wasn't even awkward. Like, Hey, I need you to train me at my place of work. And I was like, Hey, I'm not driving there. <laughs> That's not happening. Okay. Well, I guess we're not going to train anymore. Okay. I found out later that he was diagnosed with stage four esophageal cancer and now he's dead. He's not around. And I think about those weeks that we spent together where he was not giving a shit about taking care of himself, about giving himself some time to focus on his body. He would rush through the motions and try to get out of there and he would leave early because, oh, I got to get to work. I wonder if he thought about maybe when he was laying on the bed that he probably ended up dying in, in hospice or whatever place he ended up at. I wonder if he thought maybe I should have focused less on work and more on my health. I wonder. I didn't get a chance to ask. I heard about it afterward and we weren't very close as you can imagine. So it's not like his family reached out to me or anything, but I wonder, and, and that scares me. So use fear to motivate yourself. When you see a person who, who's old and, and decrepit and can barely walk, think, I might end up like that person if I don't take care of myself. When you see people who come down with heart disease, with cancer, uh, they're, they have a bad health issue, think, you know what? If I keep doing this, there's a higher chance that's going to be me. Use fear to motivate yourself. Number five, uh, accountability. Build accountability. Enlist a support team. Join my 30-day uh, challenge at legendarychallenge.com. We just started it up again. Um, it, we're in a new challenge, and you can join up today, and you'll get a free workout, nutrition guidelines. I'm going to coach you on other things. And I, in case you have issues with how to make the workout work for yourself, I will coach you through how to do that because I care about you. I want your success. Even if I sound a bit irate or angry or aggressive sometimes, I really do love to see people succeed. That's what I love to see happen. And you can, uh, you can join at legendarychallenge.com. It's free to join. It's something that we're, we do for free that, that uh, requires quite a bit of work, but we do it because we know uh, 
it's better than just giving you another downloadable PDF that is going to get lost <laughs> in your computer. So if you want me to be your accountability partner, your coach, join legendarychallenge.com. Or you can hire a personal trainer. If you're a person who's like, yeah, Ted, I would love to join that challenge. But man, if nobody shows up and makes me do it, I don't do it. I get that. In fact, I'm glad that exists because I would not have had my, my personal training business had there not been people like that. But hire a trainer. Hire a trainer. Invest in it. Just, you know, do what you, you do what you need to do to make that happen. Another thing that you can do that doesn't require money is get a workout buddy. That can be your accountability partner. Also, get your wife or husband involved or your girlfriend or boyfriend involved. Get people involved. Say, hey, let's do this together. Let's do this together. Get your son or daughter involved. Make it a family thing. Go for family walks, whatever it is. Build accountability because community support is super important. In fact, I hear all the time in CEO Strength or, or group coaching how people are supporting each other in there and how it means so much. And for me, I don't, uh, you know, I don't, I don't get it sometimes. Uh, meaning that like, I, I don't, I don't, it's, it's amazing how connected some of the people are in there. And it's really cool to see also in the 30 day challenge, the same thing happens. So make sure you have accountability. Six, this one I have trouble doing, but I, uh, I make sure I start, or Giselle has helped me more with this, and that is to reward your progress. Reward yourself. Set up a reward system to ensure that you celebrate your, your wins and your small successes. And whether that's a, a, something fun that you do with your friends, maybe a treat for yourself, maybe, maybe go get, uh, I mean, I reward myself with ice cream sometimes, with gelato. You've probably heard me talk about that. But m make sure you do something to acknowledge your effort. Make sure you do something to say, hey, listen, you've done well here. Okay? And you can't expect other people to do it, unfortunately. People aren't going to give you an attaboy when you, when you need it. You've got to kind of do it for yourself. And uh, just make sure something, make sure you do something that acknowledges your progress and effort. And number seven is build a habit of taking action. And this kind of goes back to what I said about the slight edge principle, but it's so powerfully important that it bears repeating, build a habit of taking action whenever. And here's what I do. Whenever I feel like Oh God, I'd got to do this and I don't want to do it. I make sure I jump and start working on it. I make sure I jump and start working on it. And I want you to give that a try. Make sure that you build a habit of taking action. Why? Because building momentum is crucial when you start out. And so when you commit to stepping outside your comfort zone, as often as possible, every time that procrastination rears its ugly head, it's going to help you build that momentum so it gets easier. And I want to tell you something, because I don't think I've ever said this before or talk enough about it, but I, I kick procrastination's ass right now. I'm doing this at 8 p.m. at night. I've had a full day of working on things, 
training clients, getting back to our coaching group. I'm tired. I, I kind of want to watch TV, but I needed, I have, uh, uh, whenever that thought crept up in my mind, I knew I had to get this out and I got up and did it. Okay. And it helps because I really enjoy doing this and I know it helps people because I, I get emails from you all the time and I love that. I, I love not getting the emails, by the way, although I do really enjoy that part, but hearing the stories of successes, it's so powerful. I've got two of them today and it's just so cool when, when I know that I had a small part in your success. It's, it's so cool when that happens. I feel like I'm doing something right in the world. My life is not completely useless, right? So anyway, back to the habit of taking action. You can become the same way I am now, where I leap into action. I leap into action. I worked out today. I didn't want to work out today. I like working out in the morning, but I missed my morning workout time because we had some other things going on. I couldn't do it. I hate working out in the afternoon. It's just annoying to me. I, I really like drinking my coffee, getting my workout in, and then moving on with my day. That's that's a beautiful way to start my day. But when I got to come back later and do an exercise, do a workout, it's annoying. But I, I did it, right? And you can become the same way where you just detach from those, those childish, uh, that childish whining part of yourself where okay, yeah, I don't want to do it. And you're like, no, you're doing it. Okay, get up. Okay, make it happen. Okay, you're doing it, right? You can become that way too. I am certainly not special and I'm definitely not that smart or else I wouldn't interview anybody. I would just tell you how all my strategies or whatever. Um, so you can do it. If I can do it, you can do it too. And I want to go back to what Stephen Pressfield said, when we beat procrastination, when we become a professional about our responsibilities in life, we find our power, we find our will, we find our self-respect, we start to become who we always were, but had until then been afraid to embrace and live out. In other words, you become your most authentic best self when you beat procrastination. And that's why it's so important. And that's why it's so critical that you become that type of person who can act even when you don't want to, where you get that control out of yourself, control over yourself, where you can take that action. And that's why we talked about it today. So go out, be procrastination. That's my challenge to you. Have an amazing week. And remember, if you want me to be your coach, you want me to help overcome, help you overcome your health and fitness procrastination, help you make better decisions, help you get on the right path. Make sure you go to legendarychallenge.com. Join the 30-day challenge. And I look forward to seeing you there.